Mindfulness Mode 240. I had some people threaten to uh, to go and get their guns because they hated the company I was selling for so much and they just wanted to kill me. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Thanks again, everybody, for joining me here. Great to have you with us, Mindful Tribe. Last time, I talked with a public health expert who helps people get out of their rut, helps them get unstuck. She is inspiring, she's successful, and she shares a whole lot of ways she uses mindfulness in her life. You might want to check out Nancy Vito at mindfulnessmode.com slash 239. Today, I have a young, energetic entrepreneur who's also a husband and father. He's an expert content creator, and he's also in charge of managing content for the greatly successful online site, Thinkific. He's calm and mindful, and in fact, he shared during the interview that his wife jokingly accuses him of having no emotions. (laughs) Sit back and be inspired by Tyler Basu. Hey everybody, today I have with me Tyler Basu. Tyler, it's great to have you with us. And uh, so Tyler, are you in mindfulness mode? I am always in mindfulness mode, Bruce. Thanks so much for having me on your show. (laughs) My pleasure. It's great to have a chance to talk with you. I'm just going to read a little bio about you, Tyler. Tyler Basu is a prolific content creator, a marketer, and online success story. Big time. I'm not kidding. He's the content manager for Thinkific, a widely sought after platform for creating and selling online courses. He is creator and host of the podcast called Lifestyle Business Magazine and publisher of the online magazine of the same name. He's contributed to numerous online publications, including Entrepreneur, Influensive, and Addicted to Success. So Tyler, it really is great to have you with us. What does mindfulness mean to you when you hear that word? What comes to mind? Uh, I, I think of I think of peace of mind, you know, being free from anxiety and stress and overwhelm and just being in a really calm state and being prepared for anything. And you sound so calm, too. Every time I hear you, you sound pretty relaxed, pretty chill. <laughs> Have you always been that way, Tyler? Um, I was a little bit of a troublemaker as a kid. Um, oh, yeah? I think it was just, you know, a cry for attention, I suppose. But once I realized that, you know, once I was comfortable in my own skin and I didn't crave that attention anymore, then that's when the calmness showed up. Right, I see. So when did you first decide that you wanted to do your own thing in life rather than sort of follow that path everybody talks about, you know, get educated, get a job, get out there? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a good question. So I, I, uh, I suppose it happened, you know, as a teenager, I was fortunate and unfortunate, and I'll explain why. So I was fortunate because my mother, who was a single mom at the time, she uh, instilled within me a belief that, you know, anything I put my mind to, I can do whatever you want to do, I support you. Um, so there was ambition there. There was ambition. Mm -hmm. There were no mental barriers to me thinking what I could or could not do. Um, But at the same time, the unfortunate part was there weren't really any people in my life that were successful or or being good examples for me to follow. 
Um, so there was a lot of trial and error on my part. It took many years of working in different industries, meeting different people, going to different events, consuming lots of content, reading books, going to seminars, all that kind of thing. Um, there was a lot of learning that needed to happen, a lot of uh, rewiring some of my beliefs uh, and adopting habits that would help me and, you know, in whatever career or whatever industry I, I ended up in. So uh, what were some of those industries that you experimented with? Uh, let's see. So from, I'll, I'll take you back to basically when I was putting myself through college. So I started with renovations that lasted about a year and a half. Then I ended up in financial planning for about a year and trading Forex for a few months uh, door-to-door sales for about a year and a half, uh, network marketing in there somewhere, um, and then retail sales, and then selling real estate, and then getting into the online world part-time on the side for a few years before jumping into it full-time. So there was about, you know, a period of about five, six years where I was just all over the place. Well, I was just going to say, I don't think you look old enough to have done all those things. (laughs) I get that a lot too. Yeah. Well, I am still, I'm a young guy. I'm 27 now, but the past 10 years has, has, has been quite a journey. You tried a lot of different things and you mentioned about, uh, uh, rewiring your your belief system. So how did you go about doing that? Um, consistent consumption of, of personal development content, um, the books, the seminars, the podcasts, the audiobooks, uh, but also changing or being very conscious of who I associated with. Like I've had people come and go from my life, um, you know, some that were not the best influences early on that I had to detach myself from and, and be intentional about bringing people into my life that were more positive uh, and at least going in the same direction that I wanted to go in. So I, I think the two biggest things were changing who I associated with and, and consuming uh, new information and personal development material regularly. So changing who you associate with. When, during that time, did you meet your wife and when did that all happen? Um, so I'm, I'm really fortunate because I met my, my wife uh, very early. We met, uh, we went to different elementary schools, but we met when we were 12 years old. Uh, ended up in the same high school together. She didn't like me very much through most of high school. Um, she turned me down the first few times that I asked her out. But we ended up together uh, in grade 12, which was the last year of high school. And we've been together since then. Um, and she, you know, she's been my best friend the whole time. She's amazing. Uh, and she's seen me, you, you know, change who my other friends are during that time and make sure I'm bringing more positive people well, that's life. a story in itself. She turned you down the first few times. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then you did door-to-door marketing somewhere in there. And so no wonder you've come out the other yeah. end as such a success. Yeah, you know, I, I, it was while I was doing door-to-door sales that I proposed to her. So I must have learned something from from that job because she Don't had, give she up. Said, yes, yeah. <laughs> that's a great story, Tyler. That is awesome. And, and does she help keep you grounded and focused? Oh, yeah. I, I eat feedback for breakfast all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great breakfast, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, she, she, she's great. Uh, we we complement each other. We're very opposites. And, you know, in many ways, we're very opposite, but we share the same very, uh, we share the same values and we complement each other. So that helps balance it out. So does she work in a totally different career? Or does she help you in your business or what? Um, she she's, she's an early childhood educator. 
Uh Uh, She started off uh, teaching in daycares um, and she worked her way up through that system. Uh, She ended up teaching, uh, you know, early childhood at at a local college, uh, consulting with other daycares. And so she I've watched her become more and more entrepreneurial over the last few years because now she does her own workshops. She does consulting. You know, she it's um, she's really done well for herself in, in her in her field. Um, but yeah, she's definitely got that loving, nurturing uh, quality, which uh, makes her a great mom as well. Like we have a right. we have a, a toddler son now, and I'm so grateful that she had that experience beforehand because I'm pretty much just like following her lead. Like uh, you know, I, I I don't know too much about you know the parenting thing, so you just let me know what you want to do, and I'm good to go. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. Well, going back to that door-to-door thing, you know, I've had people tell me, you know, doing having experience with door-to-door sales is a great background for being an entrepreneur, and it just strengthens your persistence and your ability to just stick with it and keep going. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, that's the reason I got into it. I remember reading a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. And Robert Kiyosaki told the story about how he wanted to get into business. He just uh, come home from the army. Uh, He sucked at business, uh, sucked at sales, and he knew that that was a skill he needed to learn. So he went and worked for Xerox and did door to door sales. Um, So I said, okay, if you know, that's a path Robert Kiyosaki took and he seems to be doing okay. Maybe I'll do that as well. Um, and so, yeah, for 18 months, you know, six days a week, I worked on 100% commission um, in Vancouver here on the West Coast, in Toronto for eight months, and in Ottawa for six months. Uh-huh. And so not only was dealing with people uh, a, a really good experience and, you know, talking to 50 plus people every single day and being rejected by most of them, but all of the other challenges as well, you know, the weather, the mindset, the motivation, the uh, the, uh, the the unsteady paychecks, like all of it. It was all like a fantastic learning ground uh, to learn business, to learn, uh, you know, mindset, self, you know, self-control, discipline, people skills, all, a whole bunch of skills came out of that. And so. Um, I might not say to everyone, you know, go do 18 months of, of door-to-door sales, but hey, if you could at least do a little bit of it or do some some sales-related uh, role, I think you'll pick up some good skills from it that will help you. Right, right. And what sorts of things did you sell? Always the same thing or a whole, uh, whole TV, TV, internet, and home phone plans. So we, okay. I, w- I would work in residential areas and try to get people to switch from whichever company they're with to whichever company I was selling for. Uh, but yeah, it was always TV, internet, home phone. Um, as I was getting out of that industry, uh, a few people that I grew up with were getting into it and selling alarm systems because those were really, those were really profitable apparently. But by that time, I was just so sick of knocking on doors. Uh, I came back to Vancouver, we got married, uh, and then I, I, I got into real estate after that. Oh, you got into real estate. I was in real estate as well. And uh, I love real estate investing uh, more than actually being a real estate salesperson, but uh, I, I did I, do that. I know exactly how you feel. I got into it because I wanted to learn, learn how to invest. Uh, ended up selling it, you know, as, as most people, as, as realtors do. And you know, over two years, I worked for developers. Um, so I sold like new condos and new townhomes. You know, after writing like a hundred something contracts 
or helping to sell like oh you know 100 get 100 people into their home and still not having mine yet like i'm like you know what there's something wrong here i got to figure out how to be the one going and buying properties and for sure I'm tired of helping other people buy it so so then what was your next step after real estate? So it was while I was in real estate that I started um, blogging, started my first podcast, started interviewing entrepreneurs, wrote a couple of ebooks on Amazon. So that was like how when I got into the whole online world and the, con- the content creation world. And so just from doing that on the side as a hobby, just really learning that skill of creating content, building a brand online, those sorts of those sorts of things. So what were your first ebooks about? The first one was sales. Um, okay. I, you know, I, I wrote it uh, while I was going to school for real estate. And I said, well, you know, what, what, what could I write about? What do I know? Well, I just did a, you know, 18 months of door-to-door sales. I'll write about that. So it's not a huge sales book. It's, you know, it's a short little ebook, maybe sure. 15, 20,000 words. But that was the first time I ever made uh, any money from the internet was mm-hmm. I put self-published this ebook on Amazon um, and, uh, it literally like the next day, you know, people are downloading the book. I thought, wow, that's cool. So that's, that's what got me kind of addicted to creating content and, and getting it online. So that was like a spark for you. Yeah, that was the spark. Yeah. Very cool. And then you started doing a blog and do you still have a blog? Well, of course you have your, your online business magazine. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So lifestyle business magazine, uh, I started that, um, after leaving real estate. So I, mm-hmm. I made the decision to, to stop working as a realtor in 2015. Uh, I started lifestyle digital magazine, uh, and the podcast along with it. And I just started interviewing specific types of entrepreneurs. I had, you know, over the, the, the few years before that I had pretty much interviewed anyone I, that I could didn't matter what industry they were in, what type mm-hmm. of entrepreneur. But in that process, I learned about a specific type of entrepreneur that builds what I would call a lifestyle business. You know, they, there's a lot more freedom, uh, in it. They, they usually have a virtual team or they work from home or it's something that they're passionate about that they've turned into their, into their full-time business. And so I started to hone in on that topic. So that's why I created the new site and the new podcast so that that could be the focus. Um, and it was shortly after getting that going that the opportunity to to do some writing for Thinkific came up. And this was in early 2016. Um, Greg Thinkific, CEO, he was a guest on my podcast previously. And uh, Thinkific was starting to grow. They had a small team at the time, about 10 or 12 people, and they needed some help with their content. So I offered to come in and start writing for the blog. And I did that. And within six months, I had, uh, you know, brought a bunch of exposure for Thinkific, created a lot of great content for their audience. uh, And they were really happy with the results. So they asked me to come in full time as their content manager and just really scale that up. So now if you you head over to Thinkific's blog or their YouTube channel, like we're, we're putting out a lot of content. There's like interviews going out every week, case studies, articles, guides, webinars, courses, all, all of it. Um, and so that's been my primary, my primary focus, at least for the past year, is uh, it's just with helping to grow Thinkific uh, through content creation. Right, I see. Are there quite a lot of writers for Thinkific? Um, so we have, uh, I work with freelance writers, right. um, and we're not so much focused on quantity, uh, like a magazine would be They, you know, an online magazine, the, the goal is put lots and lots and lots of content yes. uh, with us. It's, we, we tried that approach, but we realized, you know what, the, the really big articles are the ones that take more time to create. 
those are the ones that do really well. So we shifted the focus from trying to publish lots of content to just publishing a few really good pieces of content. Um, and so, yeah, I do have the help of freelance writers, but it's not so much for us writing the content for our own site, because we do have other people that write the guest post for us and we write our own content for our blog. But if we want to send articles to other sites, we'll usually get freelance writers to help us out. And then that way we're just, you know, picking the topics, editing, editing the article before sending it off to a different publication. Right, right. Tyler, so as you've switched into being specifically a content creator and writing for Thinkific in your own magazine, what have some of the biggest challenges been? Um, well, I used to, what I've, what I've realized, I used to write just, because I enjoyed doing it. There wasn't a lot of strategy or intention behind it. Um, and I think a lot of bloggers start out that way. You know, they have something they want to say, they've got a medium, the internet, and they can publish mm -hmm. something and hope that people read it. Uh, and so as a, so I would create content just as a hobby for a couple of years, right? While I was kind of just practicing, I suppose. But w once I started creating content specifically for a business, knowing that the goal of that content had to be to bring exposure, to bring customers, like there had to be an ROI. Um, then my, 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 the way that I approached it changed a little bit. So I don't see myself as so much of a content creator anymore, more of a content marketer. And what that means is my job is to bring exposure to Thinkific or whichever, other, whichever company or entrepreneur I'm helping. Um, the goal is to decide upfront, okay, who's the target audience we want to reach? What topics are they searching for? What keywords are they using? Um, and then how can I create the best article or a video or interview that addresses that specific topic so that when that person is searching for it, they find our stuff. And in that process, if our stuff is good enough, they learn to like us and trust us and we give them a next step, like join our newsletter or, or attend a webinar or download this guide, something happens after they consume the content as well. So there's this whole uh, sales process or sales funnel, you might call it, that's created with content. And this way, whenever we publish something, like we have the steps in place to track it, to see how it does. We want to know how many people consume that. From that, how many people joined our newsletter or signed up for a webinar or set up an account with Thinkific. And so we can see right from, you know, reader to customer, we've created a path for these people to go down. So there's a lot more strategy and intention behind content now. It's not just, oh, I think this is a nice topic, so I'll go and write about that, and and maybe or and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It, there's research happening up front where we're we're handpicking certain topics to create content on, knowing that they add value to the audience that we're trying to reach. Right. And so in the work that you do now, how do you stay focused and stay on task? Because that can sometimes be really tough, I think. Yeah. Um, what's helped is, is, is blocking chunks of my, of my week, not just of mm -hmm. my day, but of my whole week. So uh, I used to, you know, those online calendar things, you can give people a link to your calendar and say, hey, book a time. So like you, I spend a lot of my time each week uh, interviewing customers or interviewing experts in the industry. Um, and so I would just send out the link to my calendar and let them pick whatever worked for them. And I would end up with like, 
every day of the week at alternating times, these calls that I'm supposed to be on and I have to prep for the call, do the call. And then, and then there's some stuff that happens after the call wraps up. And so every week, my, my routine was changing and I I realized that, okay, that doesn't work. So now I like, I have days that are blocked off for writing. I have chunks of time that are blocked off for catching up on emails. When I send out a link to my calendar, you only get one day of the week to pick from, you know, that's exactly (laughs) what I started doing. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah. So I've just been more, uh, more careful with what, activities uh, I allow to take my time and I try to you know bulk bulk like uh, similar activities together right yeah are you into meditation is that part of your life um, no I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm very good at meditating um, I do uh, I am big on on gratitude um, uh-huh. and so like I keep uh, a journal and sometimes either in the, in the morning or before I go to sleep, I'll just take a few minutes to just open up the journal and write down some things that I'm grateful for and just kind of reflect on the day. So I suppose that, you know, has a similar effect as meditation, yes. but I have yet to really dive into meditation. Right. Yeah. Some would say that's a form of meditation. Gratitudes are, you know, just such a major uh, help, I think, to a lot of us. It can really change your mindset just doing that, can't they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's especially, you know, if you're if you're an entrepreneur or you're, you know, an intrapreneur or just an ambitious person in general, you know, we tend to always be thinking about the future and chasing the next goal and chasing the next goal. And I find that time just flies by way too fast when we're always chasing things. Um, so even just a few minutes a day to reflect on what you do already have in your life and what you have already accomplished, like that can help, you know, bring some calmness uh, yeah, for sure. into your into your life for sure. Well, sometimes conflicts and challenges can be uh, some some of the most powerful ways that we can move forward and improve our lives. And that's why I like to ask a question about whether you ever were bullied or you have a story about being bullied. Either it could have been when you were marketing and doing the door-to-door sales, or it could have been as a kid, you know, that kind of thing. Do you have a story about bullying? Um yeah, I can think of quite a few stories. I was beat up quite a few times as a kid. Were you? Um, one time I didn't even see it coming. It was because two other kids were fighting, and and you know how everyone gets in a circle to watch a fight in, in schools. Yeah. I was standing there chewing on and eating some Skittles, and I must have said something cocky or lippy. Or this was like grade eight or nine, and all of a sudden one of the kids who was you know about to fight that other kid, he just decided to turn around and start hitting me and the Skittle. Uh, when he hit my face, the skittle popped out my cheek, and I ended up needing stitches to close up this half of my mouth for a few oh. days. That's just one example, um, and one of the you know one of the times that I learned to think about what I say before I say something dumb that might offend someone. Um, so uh, I think it was a good experience in a way, you know. And we, me and that kid, became friends afterwards. We worked it out, and we were, and it was okay. Um, but yeah, there were many times throughout my childhood uh, that, you know, experiences that were at the time traumatic or I wasn't happy with. But what they were really doing was helping me build resilience and and just develop a bit of a thicker skin. So it takes a lot to upset me now. Like it, I don't get angry very easily. 
if I do get upset about something, I get over it very quickly. That's probably something I learned from door to door because there would be times where somebody would, you know, slam a door in my face. I had some people threaten to uh, to go and get their guns because they hated the company I was selling for so much and they wow. just wanted to kill me. Uh, and I literally had like between their house and the next house a few seconds to get over it and show up at the next house all, you know, positive. <laughs> Um, so that was like some really good mindset training for sure. But yeah, yeah to answer your question, you know, if, if somebody's bullied or uh, not saying that, bull, you know, bullying is not a good thing. But if there's anything in your life that's that's hard on you, um, find a way to appreciate what's happening, because hopefully you're getting stronger because of it. Uh, and then your your ability to tolerate hardships, uh, you know, increases. Uh, and you know, business is tough, you know, so if, if you don't have the thick skin or you're not willing to get on, you know, make calls and face rejection and present your ideas and possibly have them shot down. Like if you're not willing to put yourself out there and still keep going when other people are giving you a hard time or don't believe in you, then you're going to have a really hard time with it. So whatever you can do to develop some, some thick skin and some mental toughness, I think is, you know, generally a good thing. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. Uh, Tyler, as we uh, begin to wrap up, I have five quick answer questions. So sure. just very quick answer is awesome. The first one is this, who is one person who has influenced you in being grounded and mindful and centered? I might say my father-in-law, actually. Uh, he, I, I, he, I've never seen him upset in my whole life, and I've known him for over 10 years now. Uh, and so... You know, he brings a great energy, uh, that, and I've learned from that that energy. So, yeah, my father-in-law. Oh, that's that's great to have somebody like that so close to you in your life. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? You already talked about it a little bit, but can you just kind of sum it up? Yeah, uh, my wife teases me. She says I don't have emotions. Uh, I think <laughs> it's. <laughs> I just think. Uh, I just. Uh, um, you know, the majority of the time very very calm uh and it just uh, it's it yeah it's difficult to, it's difficult to upset me because in the grand scheme of things most things that happen to me are not are not that big a deal sure yeah tell us how breathing might be a part of your mindfulness practice um yeah it is it is something that i practiced uh, i think it was you know tony robbins or or one of those one of those uh, uh influences that introduced me to that um but yeah either in the morning or at night the same time that i'm sitting down to think about the day reflect on the day and and express gratitude um i'll i'll just take some time to just focus on breathing even throughout the day you know a few times throughout the day if i need a break drink some water focus on breathing calms me down again before i jump into something else for sure. Can you recommend a book that's related to this topic of mindfulness? Um, well, there's actually, there's one about morning routines that I really like. It's called The Morning Miracle by yes. Hal Elrod. And so he definitely touches on mindfulness in that book, but he also shows you how to put together a whole routine to start your day with. Yes, he does. And he talks about so many aspects of, of mindfulness. You're absolutely right. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful, whether it's maybe it's a productivity app, maybe it's a specific mindfulness app? Um, I don't I don't use any apps. I use I use pen and paper. I'm, I'm old fashioned that way. But I, I find if I'm writing things down by hand, that's what works best for me. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, it's been really great talking with you, Tyler. How can how can we reach out to you and, and connect more with you? Um, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm the only guy uh, who has my name that I that I that at least that I can find on the internet. So if you if you search for me, you will find me. Uh, and my personal website's tylerbasu.com. You can uh, you can get in touch with me through there as well. And it's B A S U, very easy to spell, tylerbasu.com. So yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, thank you again for being a guest on Mindfulness Mode. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Bruce. This was uh, this was lots of fun, and I hope your uh, your audience enjoys this. Sure, they will. Thanks a lot. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.